Hey legends, welcome back to Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart. I'm going to have to try and mix up these intros a little bit. I'm saying the exact same thing at the start of these episodes. Uh, yes, I really need to think these things out a little bit better before I start talking. But uh, yes, we're going to get into a little bit more of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2. This is episode 19 called I Only Have Eyes For You. Gosh guys, I enjoyed this episode so much. So right guys, we're going to get into this one and uh, just before we start, once again, spoilers before we go any further. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> this podcast is very, very spoilerific. And if you don't want the episode spoiled for you, Please, don't listen to the podcast. You know, I'm not one of these people that's living and dying by the numbers. If I was, I would have quit a long, long time ago. <laughs> it's just like, you know, four or five listens per episode. It's not good, guys. So if you are one of the four or five that are regulars to this podcast, you know, please feel free to share it along. Give me a rate and review. That would really help me out. This episode is absolutely fantastic it's probably one of my favorites in the entire run of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and it's one that through the years of not having seen Buffy had kind of slipped to the back of my memory a little bit but as soon as we get into it as soon as we you know a few moments into the episode I'm like yes this is the episode this is an absolute classic episode at the beginning, Buffy stops a male student from shooting a female student. They're having this blazing argument. He pulls a gun on her. Uh, when they, when Buffy breaks the two of them up afterwards, neither one of them could have any recollection of why they were arguing. And the gun has absolutely disappeared. And Principal Snyder blames Buffy for the incident. And while waiting in his office, a yearbook from 1955 falls from the shelf onto the floor and Buffy lifts it puts it back in the case not thinking anything of it that's that's a bit of a a nod to Back to the Future this episode because there's like do you remember in Back to the Future there was the enchantment under under the sea dance there's a similar sort of thing happening happening in the high school in this episode that's a a tradition where the one day year the girls ask the boys out instead you know it's like a like a gender switch sort of a deal and you know back in those days the 1950s up into the 90s even here in northern ireland i can remember that sort of thing happening here every once in a while uh didn't last for long mind you but it did happen i remember it a couple of years happening it's like there was a, a day set aside for the woman to ask the men out and you know the world's completely changed now uh, it's just like everybody has their equal rights and whatnot now and it's just every man woman and child for themselves these days but uh it's it's set up like similar to the enchantment under the sea dance it's like 50 style uh party and whatnot so it's a bit of a nod to back to the future there's and uh yes you'll notice that straight away it reeks of it 
And class later that day, Buffy starts daydreaming. She's falling asleep in the back of the classroom, like we all did in the high school. And she starts having a dream about a relationship that a student had with a teacher. And as she wakes up back to the present, she finds that her teacher has unknowingly written, Don't walk away from me, bitch, on the blackboard. Which was what the one student said to the other when he pulled the gun on her at the beginning of the episode. So you're starting to see this one incident bleeding into a lot of stuff that's happening within the school. Uh, later, Xander opens his locker and he's, he's grabbed by the arm of a monster from inside his locker. Uh, funny but a comedy relief right there. It's hilarious the way it happens. Uh, it's like this arm just he opens the door, arm pops out, grabs him by the throat, drags him in, bounces him off the the lockers a couple of times. Buffy manages to break him free. She slams the door closed, and uh, all the students have seen this, and uh, they open the door again to check inside, and there's no sign of this arm. In the library, Giles. He's intrigued by the possibility of the presence of a poltergeist. And later that night, Giles sees the janitor shoot a teacher. Uh, there's a certain point in the school where the people meet other. And this same thing happens. It's like, a, it's like the spirits are trapped and they're reliving their final moments. And that's what was happening at the beginning of the episode whenever the student pulled the, the gun on the other student. But at this point, it's a teacher and a janitor. And the janitor actually does shoot the teacher. Though only moments earlier, they were friendly, having a nice little chat. Jade is convinced, though, that the spirit that's haunting the school is that of... Jenny Calendar, this is where Angel killed her and he's thinking that there's a ghost hanging about here chances are it's Jenny so he kind of breaks off from the main gang throughout this episode to try and make contact with the spirit of Jenny Calendar and uh, the, the gang are kind of left on their own to deal with things in this episode Willow finds information on her laptop about a kiln in 1955 where student James Stanley killed his teacher Grace Newman after she tried to break off their affair. In the cafeteria, chaos erupts as the food turns into snakes. And outside, Snyder talks to the police chief about the incident and it is revealed that they they all know about the hellmouth under the school and the possibility of Buffy being the slayer. Uh, and we get reference to the mayor of Sunnydale in this episode. And I believe there was an, a reference to him already in the series. I can't quite put my finger on where it was at this point, but I'm pretty sure this is the second time the mayor has been uh, brought up uh, back at Spike and Drusilla's lair. Drusilla gets a vision about Buffy meeting with death. And uh, this is 
setting Angel or slash Angelus off in one of these. Like it's just, I think it's about time we get rid of her. So uh, that's the last we see of those guys for a bit. Willow, she devises a plan to contain the spirits and they all head off to the school where they prepare. They have to be in three different... Oh, I just knocked my microphone. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, they have to be in three different parts of the school and recite the spell, binding spell, to bind the spirits. And uh, though Giles has already arrived and is trying to summon Jimmy's spirit, uh, Buffy hears music coming from the music room and as she walks up to the door, she sees the ghosts of Grace and James dancing in there. James' face suddenly changes into a gory mess, startling Buffy. And on the stairwell, while they're trying to do the, the spells, Willow begins to sink into the floor like quicksand. You know, so the evil in the school is fighting back against them. Uh, she starts screaming. Jagger runs from the library. At this point, he's had himself locked up, trying to work out a way of you know, calling in the spirit of Jenny and when he pulls Willow out from the floor she's just like, she looks at him she's like Miss Calendar couldn't be this evil and uh, convinces him that it's not the spirit of Jenny uh, they do their little binding spell everything goes quiet for a bit they think they're on the winning streak here but then a swarm of wasps arrives and basically chases them out of the high school and as they get out onto the street and they look back the entire school you can barely see it for this giant swarm of wasps that are flying around it. Uh, everyone gets back to Buffy's house and they're chilling out uh, while she continues to show her anger towards James. She's just like, you know, this guy. You know, he killed the woman he loves. You know, he doesn't deserve to be helped. You know, why the hell are we trying to put this guy to rest? You know, f you know, find peace. He doesn't deserve to have any peace. And uh, she is still really carrying this anger towards this guy. She goes to the kitchen where she finds a sign for the 1955 Sadie Hawkins dance in her pocket. As James's voice whispers in her ear, I need you. So she heads out the back door to the school, not telling anybody where they're going. And as she gets there, the giant swarm of wasps actually part like the Red Sea to let her through to enter the school. And back at the house, Willow finds the ad and everyone rushes after Buffy, but they can't enter the school. They're trapped outside, the swarm's holding them back. In the school, uh, they all think that Buffy's going to be safe enough because, you know, these ghosts are playing a role. They're playing the final moments of their life. You know, one person is going to get shot dead in this scenario. And the way it played out with James originally, when he killed the teacher for breaking up with him, he went to the music room and he turned the gun on himself and blew his brains out. So it seems like there, there's no happy ending to whatever happens in this scenario for the people that are playing the parts of these two spirits because, you know, 
if one one gets shot, the other one's going to play out the part and, you know, get his brains blew out. So they think, anyway, okay, Buffy's in there. The school's deserted. She's on her own. There's no man in there to play the other part. The, the spirits can't do what they need to do or want to do at the end of this episode. But Angelus appears in the halls as Buffy now possessed. Interestingly, Buffy gets possessed by James and this and talks to him as if he were Grace. And you know, he's not having it. He doesn't know what's going on. The first few lines is you mean I miss you. Why why did you break up with me? sort of a thing. And Angelus is looking at her as if, you know, what the hell's wrong with this girl, you know, and he's like, I'll do whatever the hell I want, sort of a thing. <laughs> and uh then the other spirit takes Angel, so they're playing the the roles of the two spirits, but the male ghost is inside Buffy, the female ghost is inside Angel this time. The interesting reverse of roles. And they repeat the ghost's argument until the climax. Like they go through everything that we've heard the, the other two uh you know, the the female male student at the beginning of the episode, then the janitor and the teacher. And of course then Buffy and Angel go on to the same thing at the end, playing through this role. And uh, they get to the point, Buffy pulls out a gun, shoots Angelus, he falls off the balcony of the school, and he's on the, the steps below, as if dead. But of course, he's a vampire, that's a bullet, not going to kill him. And uh, he's still under possession at this point, but then he wakes up, and interestingly enough, it's uh, actually... Angelus that kind of saves the day at the end of this episode. Buffy, still possessed by James, goes to the music room where James plans to kill himself. The possessed Angelus arrives just in time. Buffy, looking in the mirror, sees the reflection of James looking back at her, gun in hand. She lifts it, she puts it towards her head, and this hand comes in, grabs the gun, takes it down. It's the possessed Angelus. He stops her from pulling the trigger. They exchange apologies. Uh, the one thing that these two spirits, no matter how many times they've done this, they've never actually gotten to the point where both parties survive for the the two spirits to actually get in contact with each other at the end of the episode. And the teacher that was killed actually forgives James for killing her originally and she's like you know I never stopped loving you sort of thing I always have and still under the possession they exchange those apologies they start a passionate kiss and as that happens you see this light opening up above them and these two beams of energy going up into this light it's like the stairway to heaven sort of thing it's the two spirits going to their rest more or less so the spirits leave their bodies uh, finally finding peace and Buffy and Angelus break away from the kiss and Angelus 
disgusted with what he's been doing and pushes Buffy away and flees. He's not a happy camper. Realising he does love her. Even without his soul. And jealous and Drusilla. Uh, he's he's back at the, the where their new digs, their new setup, their new hideout. He's scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. He's like I got possessed by the worst thing ever to get possessed by and it was true love. I feel disgusting. I need to go and kill something now and wash the taste of this out of me. And him and Drusilla head off on the hunt, leaving Spike behind and Angelus taunting Spike in a major way throughout this series up to this point. Spike is still in the wheelchair after the events of the earlier in the episode where they were almost killed. So they think Spike's trapped in this wheelchair, but as they leave, Spike breaks free from the wheelchair and he kind of has one of those moments where I am going to have you at some point, son. I'm going to have a bit of fun with you very, very soon. This episode, guys, I love it. That's class. That's one of these ones that even this time watching it I did remember that the the final possessions of the spirits were Buffy and Angel but I just couldn't recall how it went down and it's nice, it's well done and that little switching gender roles in this episode was wasn't something you were expecting whenever you first watched it, you know, I love stuff that I said it on a review on uh, YouTube there over the weekend. I was doing a little video on Fear Street, the trilogy that's on Netflix at the moment. And they've got a few little bait and switches in there that I did not see coming. And I love that sort of stuff. You know, you think you're... Because I, I do, I tend to be, whenever I'm watching movies and TV shows, I tend to be not 10 steps ahead of the, the story but I'm fairly close to what's happening That whenever stuff goes down I'm not shocked or surprised where it's at so whenever you come across something that really kind of gives you that little surprise I absolutely love it and this episode was a, a brilliant little bait and switch in it absolutely fantastic again I, th- I think this is probably one of my favourites out of the entire run of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I think now this is one of these episodes where, well, maybe not. I was going to say, if you're fresh to the series, this would be a good one to jump in on, but there is, there's a few things in here that you would really need to be kind of clued into to really understand. That would be the whole Buffy and Angel relationship thing. Uh, you know, if you're not aware of that, might throw you off a little bit in the, the episode but it's, it's, again it's one of these stories that sort of stands on its own, its own merits you know the whole ghost story thing in here is absolutely fantastic so if, you know definitely if you've never checked this one out and if you're if you've never watched Buffy the Vampire's there I think chances are this could be a very very good one for you to check out to uh, wet your taste buds a little bit Right guys, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. 
if you did written review shared along uh, i can't grow this stuff without your help guys until the next episode stay safe this has been a production of coins edge media thank you so much for listening